0: Life's a game, the world's a stage, and we are Merely Roleplayers, where theatrical people play roleplaying games. I'm Matt Boothman, and I'm your compare for this Main House production. Here on Merely Roleplayers, we improvise stories to entertain you, and to entertain ourselves. And we use roleplaying games to keep the story going places even we can't see coming, because as theatrical people, we're all about maximising the drama. This episode is part of our current Main House production, Vigil All Aboard. To tell this story, we're playing Monster of the Week, a role-playing game by Michael Sands, published by Evil Hat. So please take your seats in the Main House. Tonight's production is about to begin. Vigil, a merely role-player's Main House production. All Aboard, Act 4 of 5.
1: I'm Ellen, and I play Jess Butterworth, the Spooky. Jess is a Sheridan local, born and bred. A voice in the back of her mind keeps telling her she's bigger and better than this town. And what with her big brother disappearing, it's about time Jess showed Sheridan how badly it's underestimated her.
2: I'm Nat and I play Gwynedd, the Divine. Gwyn was once a shield maiden of the triple goddess, the Morrigan. After interfering with one of her schemes by rescuing a mortal man, the Morrigan banished Gwyn to live life as a duck in what became Sherrydown's Duck Pond. Now released from her curse thousands of years later, Gwyn is trying to forge a new life as part of the local national trust team is finding it difficult to stay under the radar.
3: I'm Chris Buxy and I play Callisterius Softbinding, the expert. Calisteris is a noted horror writer living in Cherrydown. While researching his latest novel, he discovered that monsters were real. He also discovered that fighting monsters is an excellent way to procrastinate when he really should be writing.
4: I'm Marta, and I play Harper, the searcher. Harper came to England from the United States to escape the shadow world that keeps trying to pull her in. but. In spite of her best efforts, weird things just
0: won't leave her alone here either. This is
3: the Ghost Train Service 2 Fairyland.
0: Where to, dearies? The train has stopped at a dingy underground platform.
3: Endless night are a bunch of douchebags. They deserve to be stuck in another dimension.
2: It might be where some of my sisters are.
0: So this is where you've been hiding, is it? A new kit was going to go rogue. Calisarius and Wynne shunt Kit out of your body. And then he tears off down the corridor. A door slams open and you hear a shh. It's Tom. (gasps) It's your brother.
1: And okay, uh, so I think as as Kit has run off, just instinctively, despite everything, she's taken like a head, like a, an automatic step, step after him and stopped herself. And as she stopped herself, Tom has stepped through the door. And for Jess, it's a bit like everything is happening at once. She already feels sick. And I think there's properly a like swaying on her feet moment of like, and she puts her hand out. um, And I don't know if there's someone there that she can- Gwyn is close enough to have. I'm there. And she's gonna say, Tom, but not actually any sound comes out. It's just like, Tom, like what? (laughs) Oh my God. You know this man? It's my bloody brother.
0: You see your brother who you've not seen in months. Creeping down a a creepy hallway at you, wearing a train conductor's uniform, finger on his lips, and seemingly no recognition in his face. Oh, man. And beckoning you all back towards the door he's just emerged from. Stop making such a commotion. You'll get us all found. What does the door
1: behind him look like?
0: Just looks like a kind of uh, plywood office door.
2: I think seeing that um, that this, this guy doesn't seem to be posing a threat but does seem to be scared of something else and everything that's just happened with Jess, I think Gwyn just takes the initiative of, like, right, you know what? Questions in a moment.
1: Let's follow the man. Let's go. Go, go, go. Jess, I think, is going to walk forwards quite eagerly and, and try and, like, uh, put her hands on Tom's, like, I guess, like, his arms, like his... Elbows and looking into his face, like trying to make a connection with him.
0: It's all right now. You'll be safe with me. I'm the conductor of the ghost train, you see.
1: No, Tom. Tom, you're my brother, Tom. You're not a conductor. What are you doing?
0: Mm, Tom. And he looks like he's sort of like getting his mouth around the word as if it there is something kind of familiar to it, but he doesn't seem to recognise it as belonging to him. OK. Mm, not sure. Well, I definitely am the conductor of the ghost train, though, so come with me. You'll be safe.
2: Jess, I believe you when you say that this might be your brother, but I think we, we need to be somewhere safer to have this t- conversation.
1: Okay. So Jess is going to like goldfish a bit, but just be led or ushered along. With everybody. He
0: he sort of waves you all past himself and follows you all into the door he emerged from. And you find yourselves in just kind of like a tatty, like a meeting room kind of space. There's these horrible old, like dirty beige bucket seats. And the far wall is a bank of windows with those like plasticky blinds down over them.
1: Oh, I'm getting backroom vibes. Harper
4: has kind of been following but at a distance usually you know she's perfected this kind of uh, stone-faced facade for many years so there's not no, no, there's nothing evidently wrong she is raging on the inside sombra that's still kind of like sort of vaguely floating around her is a tinge darker than usual so it's even, you know, she she looks even more shadowy and otherworldly than she usually does, and even more menacing, and she's just going to very slowly sort of walk around the room, keeping a distance from everyone, maybe go to the corner next to the windows and just stare daggers at Jess and her brother.
3: While this is going on, uh, Carol's just going to sort of Listen at the door to see if there's any any sign of whoever it was uh, that the conductor was referring to, who might hear us. You know, any sign of anyone approaching, uh, anything like that.
0: You can hear like the chattering of typewriter keys that Harper heard earlier, a bit clearer and closer now. But also under that, you can hear a voice that seems to be kind of moving through the corridors. Unhurriedly, coming closer. Dearies, why would you get so far and then fall at the final hurdle, dearies? You haven't reached your destination yet.
3: Nope. Nope, (laughs) (laughs) Nope, 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 nope. Can I use my one hold that I've still got left from read a bad situation? Absolutely. What's the best way to protect the victims? The victims being us.
0: (laughs) 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 You've got to get out of this place. (laughs) It is becoming clearer and clearer to Cal that his pessimistic instinct on the platform was correct and this whole thing is a trap slowly closing around the four of you
3: i sort of turn and sort of a whisper shout at the others uh, i hate to interrupt this family reunion but i th- i think we've got to get out of here something's not right this is some sort of trap we shouldn't be here uh someone wants us here and their motives are not good i mean can we can we take tom and just and go and you know de-brainwash him or whatever when we get back to uh, the mortal realm Oh, you're absolutely right that this is a trap and you should
0: not have come here. Um, but as for getting away, I, um, I've i been trying and I, I don't know if that's a possibility. So my suggestion would be that you stick with me and we continue doing what I've been doing and hide.
2: And what makes you think that this place is any safer than being out there on the platform?
0: Oh, it's, it's not. There's no place within here that's safe, you've got to keep moving and stay out of uh, stay out of all of their way.
2: All of their ways?
0: Yep, them two and their busybody minions, what they make.
2: OK, you're going to have to give us the 30-second rundown because we are rapidly running out of time here. I'm really sorry, Jess, I know this is an emotive moment for you. Harper, stop glaring at her like that. It was not her. We're going to have to come back to this in a moment. You, sir, tell us now. Well, Thomas speaking... Can Harper,
4: like, well, this is happening, can also she peek through the plastic blind, you know, open it slightly with her fingers and peek through?
0: Yes. And in fact, as Harper starts to do that, starts to sort of subtly peek through, Tom, the conductor, whatever you're thinking of him as, marches over to those windows and yanks on the cords and draws the blinds up. These are the first windows you've seen in this place but you're not looking out over anything outside. You're looking out over an atrium. Still very kind of low and dingy. Down on the floor of the atrium, there is a crowded mass of small one-person desks. At each of the desks sits a figure with a black hood over their head with a single silver eye embroidered in the middle of the hood. Cool. Normal. Average. Each one of these people sitting at these desks is clattering away at a manual typewriter. Reels and reels of paper are curling out of all of these sort of a couple of hundred probably typewriters towards a central podium. This is the first wooden thing you've seen in this place. Everything else has been concrete and plastic and plywood. This is like a solid maybe oak-looking podium, a tall structure with a desk on top, and at the top of the podium sits a woman at the desk who is hunched over, looking like she's kind of scribbling on all of these reels of paper coming off all of these typewriters. Water drips, drip, drips dingily from the ceiling of the atrium onto the floor of it. The floor of the atrium is... Filmed in a thin layer of water, and all of the typists at their desks have bare feet planted in this water. They want you for their typing pool. They wear people out. They wear them out, and so they need more. And so they've taken over my train to bring them more people forcing it to stop here at this horrible little in-between stop where it shouldn't ever bring any passengers. They've taken this place over, turned it into their horrible lair to do whatever horrible thing it is they're doing down there with all of those poor people they've kidnapped from different realms. And now they want you for for it as well. But I I can't save everyone who comes comes through here, but I am going to try my best to save all of you.
2: That's very noble of you. How come they've not got you?
0: They had me for a bit, but I uh, I got away. Uh, not as far as I would have liked. I wanted to get away away, but I could only get just a, a step ahead of them.
1: Jess is stuck with him, like holding on to him when he's walking across the room. Tom, I have got so many questions, but right now we need to know, have you seen Charlie? Do you remember Charlie?
0: If, could you show me a picture?
1: Yeah. And um, so Jess is going to scramble around for her, her phone and try and see if she's got a picture. Uh, have I got internet signal?
0: You don't have internet With signal,
1: no, though. No. Okay, I'm going to try and see if I've got one from like a staff party or something. Sure.
0: Yeah, I think you can find one that is just about recognisable cool. enough. And he says, oh, yes. Yeah, um, small group came in uh, on the last service before yours. Uh, he were one of them. Yep. Uh, they'll be... Uh, He'll be in the middle of his induction by now, I should think.
1: His induction? Where does that happen?
0: Oh, you don't want to go there. No, that's what happens after the induction. Um, I could take you there, but it'll be dangerous.
1: Jess is going to look at everybody. Like, what do you guys think? We've got it. Harper is, she's she's kind of like
4: mulling something over. I just have one question. Does your friend who got us into this mess to begin with have any suggestions of... What's going on or where we should go? Jess?
1: He's, um... He's not here at the moment. Huh. He's, um... He's gone looking for someone. I don't know. That's so convenient for
4: him. Okay, so the way I see it, we have two choices. We can just go somehow, or we're going to have to... I cannot believe I'm saying this. Try and free all these people, including your Charlie friend, and not get killed in the process, and then try to find a way to leave. Is that is that the plan? That's my plan.
3: As much as the Endless Night annoy me, I think we do have a duty to free them.
4: And the rest, if we can. Is the silver eye, Matt, something we, I recognise, the symbology of it?
0: I mean, a single eye is quite a versatile symbol. Mm. I don't think there's a specific connotation.
4: Okay. Just in the context of all of this, it doesn't ring a bell.
0: What I will give you is it, it looks functional. It doesn't look like it's kind of decorative, like you know, marking these people as members of a cult. It looks like it is part of a spell. Like it's right. a magical sigil rather than an organizational mm. symbol. As you're looking down, squinting at these silver eyes as well, you can see uh, the hooded figures at the uh, typewriters are kind of all sorts. There's some people who look human, and then there's some people you can see with like bent back goat legs. You can see people of different proportions, longer limbs, shorter limbs, the suggestion of pointed ears under the hoods, and a few of them wearing familiar-ish looking breastplates that remind you of Gwyn's. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Aha. I was going to ask if there were any crows or ravens, but they're not in that form. They're in their human-looking form.
4: Before we head out, could I roll for Read a Bad Situation? 100%. I just want to have a really good look at the setup inside this atrium. I'm trying to find any obvious, obvious, um, vulnerable spots. Like, this feels like it's kind of like um almost like an assembly line, something's happening, there's a the central figure, and I want to just see if there's any obvious like straining points that I can immediately see.
0: Great. Yeah, yeah. Give us a roll plus sharp.
4: Do something about it. Please be better than the last time. <laughs> oh, yes, it is. Uh, nine plus two is an 11.
0: Great. Three questions, but it sounds like what's most vulnerable might be the one you're going for First,
4: yeah, the what's most vulnerable to me or to us, knowing that I have a magic user and a melee lady with the big stuff.
0: There's a kind of a couple of different ways to answer this. The odd figure out is this woman at the high desk. So mm. there is a kind of a a decent bet that doing some damage to her might be like a linchpin of the whole setup, but also. In terms of like physically who is most vulnerable to you, a lot of these figures at the typing pool look old and strung out and emaciated some of them, like they've been there typing nonstop for a very long time. So you reckon that you could take most of them.
4: Right. There's a lady figure at the center. Any resemblance or similarities to the ticket uh, lady on the train? None. And
0: nope. The now that you look a little closer, she looks to the lady at the uh, on the podium seems to be in her kind of early forties, with a large volume of straight black hair tied with a ribbon, and she's just wearing kind of like clerical secretarial clothes, maybe a little out of date. You know, like sometimes you see sort of yeah like 30s, 40s secretaries with a bit more frill in the blouse than you might expect today.
4: Cool. After you, to the rest of the team.
0: It sounds ambitious. It might be a little bit of a tall order to uh, bring the whole operation crashing down. I think the most we might be able to do is get away with our lives and perhaps the, the lives of the new intake that came in just before you. I don't know if, uh, if we've got enough firepower here to bring down... She's very... The two of them are very powerful.
2: Have you ever seen anyone break out of the spell that they've got them under down there? Only me. And how did you do it?
0: I think it was because I am the conductor of the ghost train. No,
1: Tom. My... He worked for Doom. That's why, I'm sure of it. He he doesn't have the 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 brain thing. He remembers stuff because it was his job. Tom, do you remember your job? You're not a conductor.
0: Do you have his journal on you? Yes. Just asking.
1: Okay, can I pull out my journal? <laughs> Thank you, Matt. Um, and, like, open it and flick and point.
0: Oh, that looks like my handwriting. It's your journal, Tom, from work. He goes a bit spacey. I, he gently kind of takes the journal from you, if you'll let him, and looks like he's almost kind of tipping and almost, like, falling into it as he kind of mechanically flips pages.
1: I'm going to reach out and touch his hand.
0: Tom? His eyes just flick away from the journal towards yours. And he looks confused now. That it's still not a look of full recognition, but it seems like he knows there's something there that he should be remembering.
1: I don't know what's wrong with
2: him. We should go. No, I have an important thing we need to figure out. Tom, not Tom, ghost conductor, ghost train conductor. You say that you think you got out of it, out of this spell, because you are who you are, suggesting that you are powerful. Now, Jess here believes that you are her brother, who is, was, A mortal person who maybe, I can believe, came by the powers that you have. But whatever that was, whatever that power was, it gave you the ability to break out of this spell, this trance, this whatever it is that these people have, all of those people down there under. Now, I'm asking you to think very, very carefully about what that might be because some of those people down there are very powerful. And they have been trapped. And if there's any way that you got out, I have to believe that they also could get out. And you say that we might not have enough firepower to take down these women that have trapped everyone? I say, if we can get them out, we have all the firepower we need. And you just see um, Gwyn's casual clothes kind of ripple away. And she's in her full, like, shield maiden armour and her wings just kind of flare out. And she's got this kind of steely glint in her eye that you don't see very often.
0: He's still kind of definitely paying attention to this, but as he's listening to Gwyn, his attention is also flicking to Jess, to the journal, to Gwyn, to Jess, to the journal, and he's flipping almost mechanically through the journal, kind of like an unconscious movement. And (sighs) he shows you a page and he says, I wasn't always the conductor of the ghost train. It was a mantle I took up. I think I was, and he looks down at the journal and is reading his own handwriting, I was ordered to take it up. It comes with certain responsibilities and certain powers combined with, and he flips through the journal again, the mnemonic techniques of the Department of Emissions, which I have internalized and know, the mantras to recite, to break the hold of the emission effect between these things the mnemonics the mantras and the the powers attendant on certain roles perhaps yes there could be a way all right and perhaps the conductor of the ghost train is not the only role that that might be true of but you would need a way to teach The hypnotic techniques, which were instilled in me, sometime, into them, but they are already under control. How would you do that?
2: In their original forms, they would not have needed the hypnotic techniques because they are not mortals. They remember who they are. Or they should.
0: It's him keeping them this way. You wanted to go and meet him. He'll be doing the inductions. All right. All right, loveys, it's me, Matt, your compare. While the players are getting ready for their next scene, let's take a look at the programme. We're actually running another production in parallel with this one, just not on the podcast. You might remember last year we ran a campaign of The Feed, which was an actual play of a game called Unreal by Josh Fox at Black Armada Games. It's a video journaling game where you upload diary room videos as contestants in a series of Big Brother where something's very wrong in the house. So last year we played that, uploading all the videos to YouTube. And that was me, Josh and Ellen. And this year we've kicked off a second round of The Feed, but this time on Instagram. So our Instagram is at Merely Roleplayers, nice and simple. Follow us there and also follow the hashtag Merely Feed to follow what's going on in this new Big Brother house with many new housemates. I'm in there again. You'll also recognise Alex, who plays Graham in Vigil. And we've also brought in a lot of exciting guests from around the role-playing game, podcasting and design space. A lot of them are familiar voices and names. So... Fiona Howart from the What Am I Rolling and DM's Book Club podcast is one of the housemates. You'll recognize her from a guest appearance in our studio production, The First Nova. Also in the house is Chloe Mascheter, the designer of The Andromeda Ward, which was the game behind our, again, studio production, The Lost Andromeda Ward Christmas Special. And there's also some voices you might recognise from shows that we've promoed on Merely Role Players before, including Quinn, the GM from Monster Hour, another Monster of the Week podcast that I like a very large amount, and Adam from Snyder's Return, an RPG interview and actual play combined podcast. And the housemates are rounded out by streamer and TikToker, the RPG Plot Doctor. So it's a much bigger cast this time. I suspect that's going to mean it's more chaotic. It at least is going to mean uh, more regular videos popping up for you to keep up with. As you're hearing this, all the housemates audition videos should be up there on our Instagram. So take a look. Introduce yourself to our seven housemates. Uh, Enjoy those audition videos. Start speculating about uh, who's going to crack first. Uh, under whatever weirdness we've got in store for you in this big brother house and follow the merely role players Instagram, follow all of the other housemates, uh, Instagram accounts. You can find all of them linked off hours and follow that hashtag merely feed to make sure that you get all the updates and piece together the mystery of exactly what's happening in this big brother house. Right. I've got to go and call beginners for our next scene. So let's close the programme and please take your seats once again in the main house. Vigil all aboard. Act four will resume very shortly.
3: So while Jess was talking to Tom, um, I was sort of looking out the window, staring at the sort of the typing pool and the the sort of person who seemed to be presiding over it and I want to do a um a dark past move again Ooh, nice just to uh trawl through some memories to see if I've you know encountered something like this or a hint of something like this so, so yeah, um so I'm rolling weird, and I've got a seven okay, so that means I can ask one uh, yeah, and question. you weren't personally complicit in it this time. no thank goodness (laughs) okay so you know focusing specifically on the the one who's on the sort of podium uh when i've dealt with this creature or one of its kind what did i learn this is a fun one because
0: when you dealt with a creature like this or one of its kind before is not in the far distant dark past for calisterius it's his day-to-day And you can tell us how you make this connection, but she is, perhaps she kind of, as you're watching her, observing her, she kind of looks up every now and then and seems to speak to something that's not there because Cal realizes this woman is the same as Jess. She has an invisible spiritual companion who is attached to her with whom she shares kind of some sort of magical gifts. So the the thing that you learned before is like everything you know about Jess can apply to this woman as well.
3: Cal's just watching the woman and he sees her having this sort of one-sided conversation. It's like, oh, that's really annoying. I wish I knew who she was talking to or what she was saying. And then I suddenly, that feeling of annoyance of missing half the conversation is just suddenly screamingly familiar. Oh, of course, it's the same uh, situation as Jess, and she's this lady down there. And I turned to the others; is spooky. <laughs> yeah,
4: no shit. <laughs> yeah, like literally.
3: No, I mean spooky, spooky, L- like Jess. She she's got some sort of spirit companion. I mean, maybe huh. that that might be a vulnerability. Um, you know, if we can banish Kit, then we can certainly banish another one. Uh, when we when I say we, I mean I.
2: Of course, yes, Calisterius, you are the only one that can do that in this group. You're so powerful. Uh, I look
3: a bit sheepish. <laughs> okay, okay, no, you're right, sorry. Uh, we have we have many practice magic users here who could do the same thing, but that's, that's great. That means we've got even more firepower to deal uh, with, you know, whatever's going on here. That doesn't mean that I have a plan. This is uh, <laughs> This is just information. I haven't quite reached the plan stage yet.
0: Kit pokes his head in through the Atrium window. Seems to be he's floating outside it and just pokes his head through. Found Found him. him. You coming or what?
1: There is a moment of uncomfortable, like ugh from Jess towards Kit, but she turns to everyone else and she said, Kit's back and he's found
0: something. Oh joy.
3: Well I hope the thing that Kit's found is the little self-control.
0: Yeah, That would be fun Mate, 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 mate these, these three are, three are a drag. drag These. Oh, you found another one These, they're all they're a drag. drag They're trying to
1: it's,
0: This is my brother, Kit You remember, my brother
1: The one you said you'd help me find
0: Oh mm, Doesn't look all that much
1: I don't think that Jess can bring herself To speak to Kit properly But she's still drawn to follow him
0: He comes fully through the wall into the room, stops floating, seems to be walking on the carpet, and walks towards the door. Well, if you won't let me drive, you'll just have to follow.
2: Is he telling you where we need to go, Jess? Can we ever hear
4: Jess talking to Kit, or is it like an internal mind conversation? If if
0: Jess speaks out loud, yes, but she can speak to him telepathically, so you can't hear.
4: Okay, so is this bit, Jess, happening
1: inside your brain, or are you, like, speaking out? I think I'm speaking out loud at this point because I'm uneasy and I want, Mm. I love Kit, but I want you guys to know that he's here because I don't feel safe. And so I'm talking out loud. Kit's found something and he wants me to go with him. And whatever it is, it seems to be important.
3: So Carol points at where he thinks uh, Kit is, but is pointing in completely the wrong direction. He's just pointing at sort of uh, blank air. How do we know he's not leading us into another trap?
2: We're already down this rabbit hole. And I think these two, I think where Tom wants us to go and where Kit wants us to go are the same place. So I think we need to try
4: how about this as we walk and well as we walk Kit can do some talking and since he just speaks into your brain Jess, that'll be quiet enough some context and uh, information would be nice given that we are following him blindly on that note Sombra hi uh, hey. would you mind um, popping off ahead and making sure that we're not walking into any death traps uh, creepy old ticket women who want to turn us into secretarial drones or whatever the hell is going on.
0: Such foresight. Yeah, yeah.
4: I'll go, I'll
0: watch, go your watch your backs, backs for the ticket lady.
4: Yeah, you, you go do that and uh, if, she, if she's coming near us, uh, yeah, you know what to do.
0: Sure do. Partners.
4: <laughs> okay, we're gonna go now.
0: Kit is at the door of the office tapping his foot. And Tom also becomes alert at this point and goes, we have to move. It's coming. Okay. Dearies, where have you squirreled yourselves away? I scrambled
2: towards the door. <laughs> the plan is to get caught, right? No, no, not getting caught. But we're going uh, to see the... Uh,
4: we're going to find out where they're starting, whatever this is, without getting caught. Ideally.
0: Okay. You file out into the corridor, Tom is leading, kind of looking around corners, seems to know the place, know exactly where you're going. Kit is also kind of in the lead position for Jess and seems kind of actually annoyed that Tom is going the exact way that he would go.
4: And then I had a couple of read about situation questions left. You did. So one of my questions is, what's my best way out? And I'd like to think of it as, as you know, when you enter the, the labyrinth, sort of mentally leaving some kind of like mental crumbs or, or, or like a Harper is trying to map out this place as best she can and sort of figure out escape routes or like, you know, ways to extricate, even if it's just herself out of this situation, just in case.
0: The main answer to what's my best way out is make sure you don't lose Tom Butterworth because he seems to know his way around and he would reliably be able to find his way back to the platform. But because you're spending this, I will also say Harper memorises the route and is pretty confident that if she did lose Tom, she could run this back to the platform without a problem.
4: At least go back to the platform with the train, yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, the other answer to this is, first of all, in the atrium, when you were looking out through the windows at it, there was light coming in through the ceiling and it didn't look like strip light. It looked like actual, like potentially daylight. And, and so there might light. be a way up through that ceiling. And also one of the doors out of door, the main atrium yeah. is a revolving door.
1: <laughs> cool. Nice.
0: So I'm sorry, <laughs> I, know. I don't know if that really answers what's the best way out, but you have several options depending on like what situation yeah, you no. find yourself in.
4: I think that's exactly what she would be looking for, just options what to do next um and i guess since now we know from callister's observations that spooky lady is a a spooky and has a spirit kind of like just things going on i think just in terms of like it's not a question here but i think on in her mind as they're walking harper would be going through all the all she knows about this sort of relationship between a, a human and a Kit like spirit and whatever she knows about fighting vulnerabilities, just kind of like mentally it's like take you know, reviewing her notes, basically, as as they go. Does that work? So for later, if it's it comes into play, she she can pluck it quickly.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I think you would know that the main thing to be defensive against is kind of psychic or telepathic attacks.
1: As we're creeping down these corridors, Jess is, like, her attention is flipping backwards and forwards between Tom and Kit and Tom and Kit. And she just says over her shoulder to Cal, so when we were leaving that room, I didn't see it, but you're saying that the woman down there, that she's got her own Kit?
3: Yes. Well, exactly. I mean, I, I could, I could be wrong, but I really am. Um, it's uh, you know, it, it, she was doing all the things that you do when you have these uh, uh, frustratingly one-sided conversations. I, I, I just got an aura, an aura off her, um, and if I'm wrong, then uh, I'll be very surprised.
1: It's just earlier, and I'm like looking at Kit because he can hear me talking to you guys. It's just that earlier when Kit did the stuff on the platform he he mentioned that there was somebody here that he knew and I think that's who he was chasing when we ran off
0: Kit just picks up this conversation kind of heedless of whether Calisterius is replying or not his name's name's Milton and he's an arsehole (laughs) Do you want the story? you want the story? Are you fishing for the story? Is that what's going on here?
1: I think I am. I I think you owe me an explanation, actually, Kit.
0: Do you know what a changeling is?
1: We know what a changeling is, don't we, guys? Yes. Yep. Of course we do.
0: It's a nice nice fantasy-sounding word for getting kidnapped, kidnapped, is is what it is. Me and Milton... kidnapped Kidnapped from the mortal realm where you live at birth, taken to Fairyland to be little court jesters for the posh knobs there. That was life for a bit. Then they got bored of us, like the posh knobs in Fairyland do. And when they get bored of you, that lets you grow up a bit. They don't, they stop keeping you at the age you were. And because we grew up a bit, we worked out a way to get out. We relied on each other. We were two halves of something.
1: I am, like, relaying this to everybody, so it's not just, like, a long silence for them.
0: We worked together and found a way to escape that place, got on the ghost train and headed back to the mortal realm. And when we got there, we found out we didn't exist there anymore. We were taken out of that realm... You know what they say you can't go back you can never go back home again we didn't exist properly there weren't welcome in fairyland anymore wherever we went we'd be outsiders now you know me i love being an outsider i wouldn't want to be a member of any club that would have me i'm all i need you and me that's all i don't care if i'm an outcast but Milton weaker that's the thing desperate Desperate to be accepted somewhere and started making making bad deals deals. we fought you know taylor's oldest time we had the barney we had the scrap and eventually he went off somewhere i couldn't find him him. and And i was happy because i found you and that's all I need. But then we got to the platform and uh, I could tell, I could tell he was here in the middle of this, like a little spider. So I wasn't, wasn't going to pass up an opportunity to come and knock his block off now, was I?
1: You didn't really give me much say in the matter though, did you, Kit?
0: But we're the same, Jess. What you want, I want, what I want, you want, right?
1: I thought that was true, but you hadn't told me any of this. Look, just take us where we need to go, all right?
0: What do you think I'm doing? doing? Tom and Kit both stop by a door that looks completely nondescript and identical to every other one that you've passed, but Tom shushes you, Jess, stops you uh, continuing to relay this. It's going to be very dangerous in here. But if he hasn't finished the induction, he might be distracted for a moment. Be ready.
3: Just before we bust the door down, I'd like to do a quick bit of magic. I'd like to uh, enchant a weapon, and I'd like to to do that to my silver sword. So I'm going to use magic. Oh, no. That was uh, (laughs) a double one. (laughs) Ooh. I think I'm going to expend some luck to do this correctly. Okay, so uh, yeah, in that case, I guess it succeeds. So this, uh, so I'm doing the enchant weapon. So uh, it gives my silver sword plus one harm and plus magic. So what nice. this looks like is um, I sprinkle a little powder uh, from my juju bag down the blade, sort of very gently, and whisper the true name of fire to the blade, and it bursts into sort of like a, a cool blue flame that sort of runs up and down the uh, the blade. I would
2: also like to do a similar um, boosting bit of magic, um, but on Jess, ideally oh, okay. to provide Jess with kind of the, the fortitude of Kit is not going to be able to take you over unless you want him to. Interesting. No, I like it. But more of like a, more of a general psychic armour thing so like if of this skill. so not just kit but if the uh, inductor person tries to do anything to Jess as well she's got a layer of armour against it I like this okay, okay. oh good excellent uh, that was an 11 oh uh, yeah yeah Gwyn puts her hand on Jess's shoulder and uh, just sort of mutters I know this has been a lot you've got this. And you just feel this um, ripple of warmth go across your body, but it kind of starts at your toes and then finishes at your head. And you, um, despite everything that's going on, you just feel a little bit more clarity and Mm.
1: self-control. I love it because it plays exactly into what I wanted to do quickly as well. The kind of fortitude that Gwyn has given me might help maybe? I want to investigate but at kit yeah in this, in the way that he can read me and he can read other people, I just want to push back at him a bit and ask what's being concealed here because there's a trust that's broken, and I am not sure that he has given me the whole story,
0: yeah, roll plus sharp
1: oh, my sharp is plus one, amazing oh. <gasps> Uh, three?
2: Six. Six? <laughs> <laughs> Can I help?
0: You said that you were kind of calling on the mental fortitude Gwyn gave you. So mm. if you want to, roll to help, which I believe is plus cool.
2: Plus cool. five, five, six, seven total. Whew,
1: just, okay. uh, but it does put me at risk.
0: So that puts you up to a seven. Helen, so you do get that one question.
1: The question is, what's being concealed here, or what what is Kit not telling me?
0: Yeah. He made out like this was opportunistic, what he's doing now, right, that you got on the train and he happened to end up in the place where Milton is, and so he took the chance. Finding and presumably fighting or hurting Milton has been Kit's aim for a long time and he's been using you for that end ever since you met
1: wow and do I Mm. sort of just know that in one
0: yeah this actually feeds into the other effects of the role so Jess you push a little bit at that link with Kit to try and find out the truth you get that truth and Kit reels back from the unexpected push from Jess, reels back through the wall into the room that you're all about to storm. mm Within a half second of Kit going through that wall, the door slams open. Gwyn is kind of framed in the doorway. Hello. <laughs> Gwyn, you, you get a view into the room, and what you see is... The various members of the Endless Night: Charlie Barlow, Mrs. Campbell, Ronnie from the CAF, seated on bucket chairs with these hoods with the silver eye on them over their heads. And this figure floating above them who is kind of flickery and insubstantial. He's kind of like Kit-like in that you shouldn't be able to see him, but something is allowing you to at this point. He... Looks like a young man in his sort of late teens, early twenties, but dressed like somebody way older, like in a really stiff starched white shirt, navy blue tie, suit trousers with a sharp crease down them, floating there above these endless night members. There are faint, blurry images floating around his head, flickering in and out of uh, vision and similar nimbuses, auras of strange images flickering around the heads of the Endless Night members. Those images flicker out as his attention focuses on you, Gwyn, and images rush into your head. You see flames, you see monsters, you see spectral ghostly assaults on the mortal realm, Every horrible thing that the supernatural has ever visited on the realm of mortals is pouring into your head.
2: Uh, uh, you no. take
0: to harm, ignore armour. Oh,
2: ignore it, rude. Psychic, that was posed I'm fair. sorry. <laughs> That's okay, I helped. Uh,
0: and are blown back against the far wall of the corridor, leaving a dent and, and cracks in the concrete.
2: Uh, just in her days, i just got to, Calisterius, find me
3: a way to hit that thing. I think uh, getting up and at it will help.
0: All of you at the doorway can see this now. Uh, Kit reels back through the wall into the corridor. We've lost the element of surprise now. He's coming. Milton floats out through the door into the corridor to join you all, fading as he goes.
4: Uh, yeah, we, we still can't see Kit. In, could, could we see Kit inside the room when he was you, inside the room?
0: No, none of you could.
4: Okay, so we've never been able to see him.
0: Still never been able Just to see Milton. Kit. Yeah, and now Milton disappears and becomes invisible as well. Kit can still see him and therefore Jess can, but he is invisible to the rest of you. Okay. You do all, however, hear his voice in your head. You're a little early. I'm still in the middle of an induction. Would you wait with my assistant? Sombra's voice comes into uh, Harper's head. Incoming, Incoming boss, incoming! And you see at the far end of the corridor, the compact shape of the tiny little train conductor lady. This bitch. No. (laughs) And she uncrumples. Mm -hmm. Her limbs become long, papery and ribbony. Her head kind of uncrumples, inflates, becomes bulbous and papery. Her legs become long, papery springs. You can see fine ink and print all over the paper of her and she starts to bound down the corridor towards you all.
1: Fuck. Okay, thanks, I hate it. Um, yet yeah, no, no, thank you.
0: This has been Vigil, a main house production from merely role players. It stars Natalie Winter as Gwyneth, Marta da Silva as Harper, Ellen Gould as Jess Butterworth, and Chris Buxey as Callisteria Softbinding. I'm Matt Boothman and I play the supporting cast. Editing and sound design by me, and the theme music is by Alexander Pankhurst. We were playing Monster of the Week, a role-playing game by Michael Sands, published by Evil Hat Productions. You can find Monster of the Week at genericgames.co.nz. Merely Roleplayers is a Foggy Outline production, in association with Blackshaw Theatre Company. Until next time, if drama be the food of life, play on!
2: The in oh god the word in not invigilator not instigator, it the person the person we're going to see in, the day. instigator say that again in the instigation instigator no, no. Matt what, what is the title of this person I don't
0: I don't know stone. I don't know what you're trying to say
2: the person doing the
4: induction induction that the induction person induction was uh, the word invigilator <laughs> <laughs> the inductionator <laughs> <The>
2: inductionator <laughs>
4: <laughs> um. <laughs>